busy time of year this time of year our focus right now is improving our roster that's the window that we're in got all our coaches here all our scouts here we're excited to get underway when we look at last season it's a multitude of factors you know, and it's not just one person it's not just the quarterback from wgn radio it's adam hogue and from the athletic it's adam johns so we made some staff changes and you know evaluating our own roster it's creating competition at quarterback and throughout our entire roster here they are the adams hogan johns What's up from Radio Row at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis? How about this setup, Adam John? This is cool. This is really cool. The a lot of teams here, huh? Yeah, it feels like teams have really owned Radio Row as of late. Team Row. Especially here at the NFL Combine. But the Athletic is here, and what a great setup here we have. And Kevin Fishbank the is, Fishman. Here, is here. And we get to meet Kent Garrison from The Athletic, who does such a great job with our podcast all the time, but we never actually met him in person, but he's here helping us out on Radio Row. This is great. This is fantastic. So uh, Some would call it the new standard of sports journalism. You're just reading the sign behind me. It's a great sign. You do. We look, are. We are, look, yes. You right now, and we, should, we will get a picture of this, but you right now like, are the picture of The Athletic with your yes. Starbucks kind of casual NFL combine gear, Adam Johns, standing, <laughs> sitting in front of this athletic sign. All right, sign. let me pose. Yeah. Kent's taking a picture. Let me pose. Like, they should put that in magazines and tell people <laughs> to subscribe. Well, I don't know if magazines is really the best way to you know, advertise these it's, days. It's headshot day for us. Oh, it, you, really? Yeah. Did you know that, John? No, we're getting new headshots? We're getting headshots today. You should have taken a shower. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Should have put on a collar. <laughs> I was working on the little hair I have left for like an hour this morning. Little's too. right. Little's yeah. right. Little's right. <laughs> Uh, well, um, this is what happens when you get late in the week in Indianapolis. Yeah. You're talking about uh, headshots. And and just kind of walking over here t- today, everybody's starting to drag a little bit. You know, running into the same people I've seen the last couple <laughs> days. It's like everybody's like, yeah. I, I just walked through the tired. media room, and it is no longer packed. <laughs> <laughs> people are dragging. People are dragging. Um, but we've had fun we've learned a lot at least i feel like i have yeah and uh so we're a couple days removed from the conversations we had with matt Nagy, ryan pace on tuesday of this week if you missed that episode we kind of recapped all that on tuesday in our wgn radio episode which you can find pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcasts you know that at this point um but then we've kind of had 48 more hours here to process and have conversations with people as we get into what will be a crazy couple weeks in the NFL and probably a little bit with the Bears too. Yeah. I think everybody wants to know what the Bears are doing with the quarterback situation. I think everybody has serious doubts about Mitch Trubisky and I think I'm putting that very mildly compared to what some of the things we've heard in the restaurants and taverns here in Indianapolis. Yeah, I I think that's my biggest takeaway from the last couple days is just talking to more and more people around the league <laughs> there's, there's not a whole lot of support out there for Mitchell Trubisky, um, which I don't know, kind of, kind of surprising a little bit to me because I still feel like there's some untapped potential, and I still am not convinced that anybody that you're gonna convince to come to the Bears right now in free agency is gonna be any better than Mitchell Trubisky. And no, that's fair. That's fair. Andy Dalton. Nick Foles, yeah. you're going to have to trade for him. They're not exactly the most exciting options. Now, they would be competition. They, they would qualify under the competition 
term that Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are, are using. But, yeah, I mean, we've all heard it here. Everybody wants to know what the Bears are doing at quarterback. And there are serious question marks about the longevity, or at least the long-term solution that Mitch Trubisky could be for the Bears. The one thing, too, I think we're getting from these people about Mitch is everyone kind of still says, well, he can still throw. Like, no one here is questioning his physical abilities. Like, you know, what we saw last year, it wasn't like we came to Indianapolis and everyone's like, well, did you see that he can't do this anymore? He can't make this throw. He can't make, or he can't make this run. I think everybody still is. And I think that leads to this confusion of why, what's not clicking and then figuring out what they're going to do. But I think that's, I think the fact that nobody knows really what the bears are doing is a story in itself because there's this dominoes effect that we are going to you know, experience when the quarterbacks start going. And I think it starts with Phillip Rivers, right? No, Tom Brady. I think I'm, I think if Brady's going, I, I say Brady's staying in New England. Now ESPN yep. is, I, yeah. is starting to say otherwise. Um, yeah. I, I, there was another report out there today that the, the Patriots are waiting to see how the CBA plays out. Then they'll sign Tom Brady. Uh, I don't know why that's such a big factor for a guy like Tom Brady, but... Those are two big dominoes, two very expensive short-term dominoes, though. I think when it comes back to Trubisky real quick, the one thing is, though, everything I've heard this week is just sort of more validating all the same things we always say. Like, I've heard he has poor footwork. I've heard this, the uh, very valid points that... He didn't really have any support last year and was put in a bad situation. All the same things we've actually talked about. I've I've heard some very harsh criticisms of the offensive line, but sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, I I had somebody yesterday say, I I can't figure out why that offensive line wasn't good last year. They should be. The players are okay. They might not be superstars, but they're better than how they played last year. And that gets back to that comment. I think I said this on Tuesday's episode, the, the comment Nagy made about how some guys need to play with a chip on their shoulder. I, we don't know who he was talking about because he didn't want to attach names to it, but to me, the first thing that popped in my mind was the offensive line. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess the point I'm making is that it's not like this has been a bash Mitch Trubisky fest down here. At least I don't feel that way. I just feel like all the same things that we talk about and observe, the rest of the league is seen too. And there, there seems to actually be a consensus in, in that regard that, hey, Mitch is probably never going to become that superstar but I, I, I also don't think it's, like, time to give up either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. Not to go off that, there's been, beyond the criticisms of, of Trubisky, there hasn't been much buzz in terms of trying to figure out what the Bears are trying to do. Everybody's yeah. wondering what they're going to do. And the Bears... So do you to, view that as they're just being covert, or maybe they're not all that interested in making a big splash at the quarterback position? I think they're being covert. Yeah, I think so. Too. I think they're being very delicate and discreet with their quarterback situation, knowing how what Trubisky embodies. He was the the hand-picked quarterback that was traded up for, and he had failed in 2019, and everybody wants to know how they're going to fix the quarterback situation, but the Bears aren't laying any groundwork out. Or I shouldn't say that. They're not throwing any breadcrumbs up there for everybody to go find. Yeah, and I think that was one of the hard parts about evaluating him last year, right, is that everything else failed around him. So you know, it's, it was that chicken of the egg we talked about all year. How much of this is his fault? How much of this is he's not getting any help? 
And I think, too, with the, the idea of what, why are the Bears being so quiet, I do agree that the covert, we were here two years, three years ago when they didn't, they didn't meet with Mr. Trubisky. They didn't talk to Mr. Trubisky here. So, but I do think there's a sense that they probably are sitting here wondering the same thing we are. Where are these quarterbacks going to go? I mean, they could be sitting right now and saying, we're going we're gonna to make our play for, I'll just say, Andy Dalton. They could be saying, but they can't guarantee they're going to get him. You know, they have to They have to wait, obviously, to see if the Bengals cut him. And then they got to convince him to come to Chicago. And then they got to sort through all that. I mean, there is just so much unknown in, in the next three weeks. And I think that the CBA, you know, I know Ryan Pace said the CBA doesn't matter for the fifth-year option. But I think this, this looming CBA is just kind of pushing things back a little bit because it, it's just another mystery. Yeah, I mean, we sort of talked about that on Tuesday. It's like I, I, the one thing I actually back Ryan Pace up on is, this, I think people are overacting to the fifth-year option not getting picked up yet. Why would you commit to it right now when there's so many unknowns, not only with the CBA, but also with, with um, you know, just how these quarterbacks are going to fall? You know, you, you, it's, it may be a 0.0001% chance, but, but, but Tom Brady calls you up tomorrow and says, hey, I want to come to Chicago. Yeah. You, and you already committed to the fifth-year option on Mitch. You <laughs> bought a place in the Gold Coast, you, <laughs> you know? know? Yeah, I, I like your city. But, the but point is, the let thing. the dominoes fall before you commit to anything. But you could commit to that fifth-year option and still sign Tom Brady, and then you just cut Mitch yeah. after the season. If anything, that's even better because he won't get hurt because he won't be playing. I, I do think so there's I, some... I, I just come, sorry, I come back to the fact that if you knew he was your franchise quarterback, you it would have been... Yes, yeah, so we're not talking about... Well, actually... We're, we're if, talking about extension. Right, if we're talking if it was a franchise yeah. quarterback, yeah, it'd be an extension. But I think even so, if you know he's your guy, the fifth-year option, there's no question about it. Well, yeah, that, that's... Again, that's the problem. Yeah. You should... You should... They don't know. When you draft a quarterback number two overall, you shouldn't be there three years later uh, with any doubt about the fifth-year option. Yeah. You should either be talking about an extension. You, you think they're talking about the fifth-year option in Kansas City or, or Houston right now? No. 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 Or you could be, and I, I, I don't know when Tennessee came out and said, we're not giving Marcus Mariota the, the fifth-year option, but you can come out and say, hey. He played on it. Yeah, but you, oh, right. But you could come out and say, like, this is what we're doing, but we're not sure yet about the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 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 comparing those situations, at least the Bears have their question marks coming up before your quarterback's going to play out that fifth-year option. Right. Let's not forget that they brought in Tannehill while Marcus Mariota was making $20 million. So that was a major decision there when you bench a quarterback making that much money. We have a conversation with Stacey Dales from the NFL Network coming up here in a little bit. Um, in the meantime, let's you know what? Let's actually shift off the quarterback because that's, a, that's <sighs> a, another one of my conclusions down here in Indy. <sighs> There's too much focus on that and not enough on the fact that no matter who is your quarterback going forward, you still have other areas of this roster you have to fix. Um, do you keep Leonard Floyd around? Do you free up that cap space? That gets back to like the unknowns right now with the CBA. How much more cap space is going to get added yeah. when this vote goes through? Um, and by the way, the vote is going to go through. Yeah. That's another thing. Right. It's... Everybody's operating as if this thing's a done deal. Aaron Rodgers can be upset. Russell Wilson can be upset. Marquise Pouncey can rant and rave all he wants from his uh, Land Rover or whatever he was in. Allen Robinson seems a little upset. Yeah. You know what the, uh, the common theme is among all these people who are upset? They're all veterans that, who 
and this made CBA a lot of money. doesn't really help them as much as it helps the younger guys, the majority of the league, who are all going to get a $90,000 raise, which any one of us w- would sign up for immediately. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know what? I'm not saying it's right, but you got to give the owners a little credit for coming up with that, that, that attack plan. Yeah, that's, that strategy. You know? but, but that's the case of the haves and have-nots. Their needs, their concerns are going to be a lot different than the Aaron Rodgers of the world. <laughs> Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, they're, they're at the, the upper echelon. Yeah, they're Aaron Rodgers, he's already one of the most highly paid quarterbacks in the league. He's got the State Farm in, endorsement. I mean, he's got tons of money. Tons of money. His, his girlfriend's Danica Patrick. He's doing just fine. Just fine. It's the guys that spend three, four years in the league, then get cut, then spend another year in the practice squad or whatnot. Those guys need the help. That's why I had a little bit of a problem with his statement that he put out there yesterday, Aaron Rodgers, that is, because he's, he's claiming that he's standing up for you know, the guys he represents in that locker room. And I'm going, I'm pretty sure if you pull, actually vo- look at the votes in your locker room, most people are going to vote yes. Yeah. What does yeah. Rodgers want? What does he want? Well, they want more from the 17th game. Right. You and know, isn't, aren't they, didn't they come to, isn't that not going to be in it anymore, the 250000 Right. That Well, that was a concession made yesterday, apparently, yeah. which is a no-brainer. That, that was a silly... Thing to put it in the first place. Somebody brought one. I think it might have been Andrew Brandt. Someone mentioned on Twitter. Was that something that the NFL was just holding on to? That to, as a bargaining like, chip at yeah, the end. Yeah, yeah, to throw it in and sweeten the pot. Um, Rogers basically doesn't want the seventeenth game because if you're in Rogers, why would you want to play a seventeenth game? Yeah, like you just said, he has all the money in the world. He doesn't need it. Why put his body at risk? Um, and he wants more time off in the off season. Well, of course he does. He's a veteran who doesn't want to be working all the time. And but some of those younger players actually need those reps in practice. So, well, I, I think I think if you, I think it's okay to not want the seventeenth game. Obviously, it makes a lot of sense. It's kind of we all know why they're adding the seventeenth game. But uh, if the if these players want to get up to fifty percent revenue share, that's fine by me. If that's what they're going for. If oh, the players absolutely should be getting more than they're getting. They I'm not get debating 50, that. Like 50-50 split. They're yeah. getting screwed here, there's, there's, yeah. especially in this league where yeah. they are the product and they're the one putting their bodies at risk. I'm not defending the owners at all, and, and I think the players should be getting more than they're getting, but I'm also just explaining why this is playing out the way it is. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. Yeah. The ultimate thing is it's going gonna, it's gonna to pass. And there's, yeah, because yeah. It's, it's, it's too big a union and you get too many conflicting interests. The star's interests aren't the same as the guy who's the 52nd man on the roster. If you're making, it's that simple. If you're making $500,000 right now and and you probably know that you're, you're fighting for a roster spot this year, you may not be in the league very long, and they're offering you a guaranteed, if you make the team, a $90,000 raise. Yeah. You're voting yes. Right. right. You're voting yes. Yes. Because all this extra stuff doesn't really impact you long term. But for these veterans that are in the league for 10 years, it affects them more. That's the disconnect within the, the NFL Players Association. And the best thing that will happen when it does get done is we don't have to talk yeah. about it anymore. A good point. Oh, it's still very important, but yes. yes. <laughs> in, in general, I think a lot of fans, listeners, whatnot, tune it out. All they want to see is their football. Yeah, I understand yeah. that. And, and, and that, that makes it hard for the players from a PR standpoint. Because I think the way that this has been um, laid out in the media is this is the deal the owners have given you. It's a great deal. All the players have to do is sign it, and then we got more football. So the way the fans view it, it's like, well, why don't the players just sign? 
you know, but there's obviously a lot more to that. Um, and then, as you said, it's millionaires. The players that have every right to fight. Yeah. Yep. But the, the track record of the NFLPA is, is checkered at best, in my yes. opinion. Yes. Yep. No question. Especially compared to the other professional leagues unions, like MLB, especially, NBA, especially, like all of them, NHL, especially, all of them. Which is another reason why these guys that have been around for 10 years, they, they know that and they feel like they need to fight more. Yeah. But if you're again, I go back to these guys are in the league for two, three years. How much do they really care about that? It's true. You know, do you guys know Auburn defensive tackle Derek Brown met with all 32 teams? Okay. How are you going to figure out who's going to draft him? Uh, did he say that? That's great. I hope he said that. Yeah. Who did you meet with? Everybody. Met with everybody. <laughs> well, there we go. The Bears met with Derek Brown. <laughs> Breaking news. Um, this, okay. He, he's on the TV here. I didn't want our. I want our listeners to know I'm not just sitting here thinking about Derek Brown. It sounds like you are. It's an interview of him on the TV by us. We got into that conversation about CBA though, because of the potential cap space, other things the Bears need to address, um, and there's a, there's a lot of question marks. Like I I still think they do they go out and spend money on a tight end. Yeah. Do they? Yeah. They uh, there's got to be a position to me that they actually splurge on. It's got to be tight end. It's or I would also say guard. Because we talked about the offensive line. Well, I think tight end, we talked about, well, actually both those spots, we talked about what people are saying about the Bears. Tight end is one of those positions where everyone has kind of been like, how how did it get that bad? And I think, too, the one thing, you know, talking to some of these tight end prospects, you can read more about that at The Athletic later this week. Uh, everyone, everyone talked about Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. Those are the three guys that they all talk about. Now, for obvious reasons, they're the three best tight ends in football right now. But it just shows you how far away the Bears are from being the offense that they want to be with that kind of tight end. No one, even after the 2018 season, when he had a fine season for the Bears, no rookie was coming in here and saying, I want to be Trey Burton. Yeah. You know, there's nothing against Trey Burton, but like, that's just, mean, again, mean. I don't want to, it's unfair to compare him to those guys, right. but the Bears pay, are paying him a lot of money, and the idea was he had the athletic ability. To be a star. And he still could have been if he didn't get hurt at the end of 2018. We saw those little flashes, yeah. you know, and, and they, you know, the way that Ryan Pace talked about him, they still seem to believe. Well, they're we, paying him that much money because that's how important the position is. Yes. And, and the question is, how much more money do they want to commit to that position? I, I, I think it's going to be hard. I think it's I think I think I agree with you. It's going to be it is the position to splurge. But I just I just wonder if that's a hard thing to do when. You are already paying Trey Burton yeah. when you're paying him. Yeah. And you know he's going to be back. But, and you have an exit point next year. He's, he's got yes. one more season here before you can stomach what he's going to be. But then if you do not, if you think about it like we have too much money tied up at this position, which are, that it, teams look at it that way. Yeah. Like yeah. we have to delegate certain cap space to certain spots. And if they say we have too much money already at this position to go get Austin Hooper. Well, then you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself to probably using one of those two second-round picks on a tight end. And you might be in a position, again, where you may have to trade up to get the guy you absolutely need. Yes, yes, like yes. Like they felt like they needed to do a David Montgomery yes. last year. Oh, so let's talk about a tight end. Cole Clement. Got a second-round grade. That's why he's out. That's why he's here. Mm-hmm. But the, the buzz that I've heard, I, I think you guys can verify this, is that he may not be there at 43. Teams like him that much. Yeah. We're talking about late first round potential, first couple picks of the second round right now. He's running today or tonight. If he has a good time. You know, that stuff, silly how much that, that could matter, but that's the type of thing that could separate him a little bit. Because that's the thing, you know, talking to other people about the tight ends is they're all kind of muddled. 
right? You got you got Komet, you got Adam Troutman um, from from Dayton. Uh, who's who's and then you have uh, Harrison Bryant, Harrison Bryant, yeah. Ford Atlantic, Hunter Bryant from UW. All these guys are kind of in this mix, and Col- not not the real UW, by the way, the fake UW. The Badgers, yeah. I wonder if this is going to be one of those drafts where everyone's kind of wondering how good are these tight ends really? And that could bump Cole Komet down if like no one's ready to just go. But if someone takes him early, then you could start to see that run yeah. and start to see those guys go. I mean, you got to have the right situation in place for some of these guys too. Zach Ertz wasn't a first round pick. Right. Travis Kelsey was a third round pick. George Kittle, as everybody knows, was a fifth round pick. Right situation, right team. I, I, I'm, I've thrown this out there. I almost wonder if they're looking for some certain personality traits because all those three guys I mentioned, maybe Zach Ertz to a lesser extent, they play a little bit nasty. They got an edge to them. Yeah, yeah. They, they need to do some different things with these guys. And, and, and I'm sorry, with all due respect to Trey Burton and Adam Sheen, they don't have that bit of nasty in them where they can put a shoulder through a guy's helmet and keep running down the field. Yeah. George Kittle does that. That's a theme across the offense that I've heard this week, by the way. He gets back to the offensive line, too. Yes, like yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, that goes back to what Nagy said, chip on their shoulder. Like, they just got to play angrier. Yeah. And, and But I've also, some of the feedback I've heard is, like, part of that's the scheme. Like, it, they're not, they're, they're aggressive in that they want to take shots. Like, Nagy would love to throw the ball downfield, but... That's not really what they actually do. And yeah. part of that, I think, is it's like the chicken or the egg. Part of that is, like, they trust Mitch to do that. Yeah. Deep ball yeah. accuracy, things like that. I know what you're saying, though. But remember last yeah. year, the offense was so horizontal. It yeah. was, like, sideline to sideline to sideline. But And if they're going to play in tighter spaces, they have to play nasty. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you talk about that horizontal. I think, too, another theme of this week, which has been the theme all winter, is speed. Right? And you look at this yeah. draft— do you try to find one of these wide receivers? Yeah, yeah. That just well, we we know they met with, with some of them here. Yeah, Ryan Pace said that immediately. So do you find the guy that runs? You know, and someone bigger than Taylor Gabriel. Exactly. That's yeah. that's someone huge. who could break a tackle. Yeah. Taylor Gabriel was a good starter, but in terms of, uh, I'll say it, elusiveness or the tackle breaking ability. Right. Didn't have it. You just need that, you need that dynamic. But again, skill set. If you if you want a wide receiver that can run and is also big. You're going to have to use that second. I know there's a yeah. lot of wide receivers, but you can't bank on those guys still being there by the time you're drafting at the end of the fourth round with that comp pick. You're going yeah. to have to use one of those second-round picks yeah. on them. Yeah. You know what? You need help with pass rusher. There's some second-round options you got to consider. Yeah. I'm starting to think that the Bears are might not might not uh, win the Super Bowl next year. <laughs> <laughs> That's your conclusion yeah. from Indy. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things I wanted to briefly mention. I've, a lot of positive things being said this week, though, about David Montgomery. And that they, he just needs to be used in better ways. Maybe a little bit less shotgun, which is something we've talked about. But, again, that's the scheme. I don't know. I think we're all in agreement that Nagy needs to tweak some things yeah, here. And probably I, I will with Matt Bill Nagy, Lee. I think Matt Nagy's in agreement with that. I, we I talked agree, about but that how much can he really change, you know? Well, he said that Andy Reid changed. Yeah. He evolved with his quarterbacks. We'll see what Matt Nagy can. Well, I think Matt Nagy has to. Yeah. Especially if Mitch is still the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. But, and he knows that. But a lot of people seem to think, though, my point is that David Montgomery can be featured back mm-hmm. in this offense and them wanting to run the ball more. But Let's he needs see. to be put in better positions to do so. And certainly needs better blocking in front of him. Yeah. You look at the game plan from week one, which was you would assume is the ideal Matt Nagy game plan. Mm-hmm. Right? He had all offseason to build it. 
Dave Montgomery got the ball one time in the second half. A lot of throws. Then you look at week, was it week eight, the Chargers game? When it was like extra lineman every play, run the ball 30 times, set up the play action. Two extremes. Where, how, like what end of, this, of the spectrum, where is the offense going to fit? Because he said, he goes, I want to establish an identity sooner. And is that identity going to be closer to what we saw against the Chargers and the, and the Broncos? He didn't even have an identity last year. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, yep. they need an identity to start. But because that's the thing that you can't have, how could you have two games? Now the the Patriots can get away with it because the Patriots, like that is that is it. Well, not that's a, their identity. Well, that's their identity, they're and that chameleon. is their identity is that their game plan against that defense that they're facing It's yep. totally just about the defense. And I thought there was a little of that in Week Two against the Broncos. I think a lot of what Matt did that game was to counter what Vic Fangio was going to bring. Um, but I, I think you I think you have to have an offense if Mitch is still your quarterback that is closer to what we saw against the Chargers than what we saw against the Packers, and that's going to require a lot of help from play design to personnel. We talk about the offensive line and tight end that can block if you're going to do that. And, it, and it's probably an offense that could work for a Teddy Bridgewater, a Nick Foles, an Andy, Andy Dalton, Dalton, a Marcus Mariota. He's not the athlete he once was when he was drafted. That type of offense can work for almost any quarterback you bring in. Not, t- not Tyler Bray. He is purely West Coast, Andy <laughs> Reid. So, unfortunately, this, this could be the... this could throw digs this in could Tyler Bray. What, what did Tyler Bray ever what? do to you? Uh, Tyler Bray's great. I just don't... Sideswiping Tyler Bray. I just don't know if he's a fit for that offense. That's all. I'm Man. saying he's a fit for the West Coast. He's Tyler a... Bray doesn't see you in the hallway here. Jesus. Tyler Bray's here? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I know I'm excited to, uh, at some point, hopefully, stop talking about what might happen or what could happen and actually talking about what will what did or, or did what happen. did happen so uh, unfortunately we're still a couple weeks away from that we'll get there though um let's do this now we had a more conversation about what could happen with stacy dales from the nfl network you've heard her on this podcast before we love talking to her know her listeners love her and um you know she's a chicagoan too she's around the bears all the time and we had a chance to Adam Johns and I had a chance yesterday to sit down with Stacy for a while. This is an extended conversation. It's a fun conversation. Here she is, Stacy Dales from the NFL Network. She's a friend of the podcast. We've had her on before, but I think this is the first time we've ever chatted in person <laughs> recording this in Indianapolis. Stacy Dales from the NFL Network. Hey Stacy. Isn't that Hey guys, isn't that kind of ironic that we've not done this in person? I know. Though Even though we, we see each other all the time. That's correct. <laughs> Whether that be at Hallis Hall or at Soldier Field, this feels much more relaxed. We've got coffee. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Which it's is an important thing yeah, at the it's combine. Too hot for Adam over here. <laughs> Man, I love I joining know. you guys. So thanks for having me on. So yesterday was the Bears Day. Let's yeah. let's just start there. You live in Chicago. You cover the Bears extensively. Mm-hmm. What did you think? What were your takeaways with Ryan Pace and and Matt Nagy? Well, I think the consistency of those two individuals in terms of what we always get was was there. I mean, Ryan Pace is as buttoned up as they come and Matt Nagy is as positive and rejuvenated. <laughs> Even when they were going through the throes of, you know, struggle last year, Matt Nagy was still positive with us. So uh, I think they're excited. I think that they have absorbed the idea that the word underachieved wasn't the one used by Ryan Pace, but uh, regression. I think you guys and I heard it multiple times after the season. 
I think they're extremely motivated, um, but they've got a lot of decisions to make and they've got some strong decisions to make at quarterback. And I found it very interesting that they're not going to make a decision on that fifth year option for their starter and Mitch Trubisky until May. Uh, there was a lot of chatter afterwards amongst you guys, amongst all of us that cover the team often. And so a little uncertainty there in some respects. Yeah, I think uh, we, we talked about it a bit yesterday. The reason we're so obsessed with the fifth year option is because we're not talking about an extension. Correct. Like the others in his draft class that play quarterback. That's correct. So that somewhat of a gray area leads us to further speculate. And he was pressed, you know, Ryan Pace was pressed on it uh, extensively in, in just in terms of, you know, if you're not ready to go there, what does what message is that sending, right, to to all of us, which therefore becomes the fan base in Chicago and those dispersed around the, the country <laughs> that love the Bears. Um, I, I think, guys, I mean, bottom line is they still need to find out more about Mitch Trubisky. Bottom line. And when I listen to Matt Nagy talk about, and I, I love Mitch. I think he's a great guy. And I think he's willing. But just in terms of his his future, you know, learning how to really discern the coverages and sort of how do you do that in an off season, which I asked Nagy about yesterday. And I th think his response was interesting. I think the messaging, it's partly because the situation is so complicated. Cause I think you're right. Like they still haven't finished their full evaluation of what they think Trubisky can still become or will end up. But they're also in a position where this is his last year under contract right now, unless they pick up that fifth-year option, which honestly seems like it's too much money for how he's played so far, which also complicates it. But if they continue to go all in with him, then they start to put their own jobs on the line, which is why this is so tricky. And I think that's why when Pace was talking and he kind of triples down on his belief in Trubisky in one comment, but as everyone continues to point out, they haven't picked up the option. So Correct. the actions don't really match what the words were once again yesterday. No question. And I think you said it just now. I mean, it's this is like a make or break year really for him. And I think what we're going to see. So when I asked Nagy yesterday, you guys, how do you get a quarterback going into his fourth season to understand coverages? So that's defensive coordinators scheming you and throwing things at you in the course of a season. And you're going to get in a, a plethora of those to learn those heading into such a critical year. And he said, essentially, Nagy did that he has to become to the point of obsession with football to where he is the, th the only thing he watches this offseason. And he's been at the facility now. OK, so he's been he is. Trust me, he's focused. He has to become so obsessed that he knows the coverage is better than Matt Nagy, who is, that's what he does, right? Um, and that's gonna, that's tough to do. Now, I also asked Ryan Pace yesterday with all of us, um, what do you like about Trubisky? He likes his accuracy, he said. He likes his w ability to process, his effort that he puts into it. He's a good teammate. But if the bottom line is he's going to have to go and process those coverages. I think the Chicago Bears, 
And I don't like to speculate. That's not the my favorite arena to be in. But I think they're going to go out, as we've all talked about, and get one of these really good quarterbacks in free agency, if they can figure out a way to financially do so, to create that competition. And if six games into this thing, like last year, there was never one chance where they were going to pull to risky and put in Chase Daniel, right? Agreed? Right. So this year, I think if there's consistent struggle over week, 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 if you've brought in that guy that can compete a little bit in training camp, even though Mitch is your starter, then you're going to see possible changes. We we, we talked at length about the word competition. I'm, I'm going to write a column for it um, about that word competition for the athletic. You don't use... It's a cliched word in football, right? Everybody wants competition in all sports, but for for quarterback, let's be honest. Like last year, there was no real competition. Like Chase Daniel was here to be his coach. Tyler Bray was here to be his coach. He was never threatened. But that said, there's no competition for Patrick Mahomes. There's no competition for a Tom Brady. There's no competition for a Drew Brees. When you use the word competition... It changes the conversation because it, it tells me, tells everybody that you're open-minded to change. Absolutely. And to that, to, to, to add to that point, you also have to convince, think about this, you have to convince that guy that's going to create competition to come in and be on your roster. So let's say that's a, let's say that's an Andy Dalton or a Teddy Bridgewater. Andy's been a starter his whole career. He got messed around with last year in Cincinnati and that whole number. Teddy's been a backup now since his leg recovery over the last few years in in New Orleans. But you have to tell that guy coming in, Mitch is our number one player. He's our number one quarterback. But you're going to have to push him and you have a chance. And now you have a dynamic in your quarterback room that it has to work. Right, you have to have that chemistry now with within that group, and so it, it's a the, the word competition. To your point, is it's a it's a dicey one when it comes to the NFL. Yeah, and it becomes really hard, like you just said, to convince a free agent to kind of want that situation. Like, are you going to tell really convince Teddy Bridgewater to come to Chicago when it's oh, you might not play until Mitch struggles more? That's exactly. That's correct. why I keep kind of going back to the trade idea because. You don't want to necessarily give up more assets. They've been trading a ton of them over the years. But, like, if you somehow pull off a trade for, like, a Nick Foles, who's been in this situation so many times before, you know, may actually want to get out of Jacksonville at this point for all we know. Like, maybe that's a situation where you can make it work because he's used to kind of waiting in the wings and he knows all these coaches and this offense so well. Can I ask you an athlete question? Sure. I think everybody should know that... Uh, Stacy was it, it, when she walks into the media room she is the best <laughs> basketball player in the media room by far she would destroy all of us so you, you I don't know I, that's tough for me to admit though yeah Hogue might I, disagree because I still play but I'll give okay it, I'll give it to her okay that's enough from you that's enough from you that's absolutely enough from you she would destroy you as someone who who's played professional sports high level collegiate sports mm-hmm. when you see Matt Nagy that overwhelming positivity like you use you use the word rejuvenation like yeah. how, how does that strike a chord in you the athlete the the high level athlete i love it i personally that's one of the things i i saw Nagy yesterday and i told him that you know the way that he was able to 
you know, fans might listen to me and say, whatever, whatever with the rah-rah. But if you don't have that foundation to get through the tough times, literally, as a former athlete, and your coach... When I watch pressers and I watch coaches get defensive and then they tune the media out or they tune us out, I'm like, okay, somebody got to him or her. So when I watch Nagy and he's, his message is consistent, now we don't get to sit in his meetings, right? So we don't get to hear how he critiques his players or, co- or, or coaches. But for me, watching publicly how he handled it, I think he did an excellent job. And so as a player, I have more confidence in my coach because he or she is able to withstand that and maintain. My, my college coach always told me, act as if. So if you're tired, act as if you're not tired. If you're hurt, act as if you're not hurt. If you're disappointed, act as if you're not disappointed. And it was act as if. And when I showed body language, because I'm a very expressive person, my coach would say, act as if. Do you know what you look like right now? So for me, I like the way Nagy holds himself. And I'll be anxious to see how this new staff and this formulation around him uh, with all these guys that he knows. So he's coached with some of these guys and cross paths with them through the years. I'll be interested to see how that all comes together. And now his defensive coordinator has a pulse on his team in Chuck Pagano and how it comes together fully. So you're um, you're around the Bears a ton, but you also get the opportunity to see other teams mm-hmm. more than we do and be around, you know, the, the other head coaches, other front office members from different teams. When you look, 2019 was tough. Bears fans are incredibly frustrated right now. It's, it's you know they're they're ready to already fire Nagy and pace the extreme ones, but when you are around like Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, what kind of level of confidence do you still get from what they're doing despite what happened in 2019 compared to because you have the perspective of other buildings around mm-hmm. the country and how that compares? It's a great question. Um, I still think they have a lot of talent on their roster. I think they need to add talent. I mean, they're, they're, you're only as good as your players. So, and then of course the right scheme for those players, but you've got to get players that fit what you want to do philosophically. And so what identity you behold as a team, what kind of players, that's why the Patriots are so good because they get players that are willing to conform to what they do. So my level of confidence, it's there. But we need to see how the quarterback manifests. We need to see what talent you add. And I, I, you need a Travis Kelsey at tight end. I mean, Trey Burton has been injured now for two years since the Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles. He has been injured and has not been able to play. Adam Shaheen from a small school a couple years ago, uh, he was injured last year. And so you've got a bevy of tight ends right now that are going to create competition. Demetrius Harris is on the roster now, but do you go strike in the draft and get a certifiable uh, Zach Ertz? You know what I'm talking about? Um, do, you, do you add somebody? Or maybe Zach Ertz. Or maybe, <laughs> or maybe Zach Ertz. If you can pull that off. Yeah. Do you find somebody opposite A-Rob who is just going to demand attention and you get that one extra lineman that has the, the capacity to change an offensive line. So I can say that I'm confident in them all I want. They have a directive. They know they have to be better. And 
I think the positive for the Bears is you go 12 and four two years ago in with Matt Nagy in his first year. You go eight and eight last year in a really hard division that sent two to the playoffs. Yeah. Okay, so we're not talking about a cookie cutter division. It's going to be good against good again next year, and you went eight and eight. So it is you're a couple players away from being a really good team. We always try to convey to our listeners, look, you've covered the team since the days of Briggs and Erlacher and those guys, right? So great years. And then there were some problematic years in between there. And we always try to convey like, listen, we know eight and eight was below expectations, but this ship did not go under somehow it stayed afloat somehow they stayed competitive in games they had a good winning streak Mm -hmm. in the middle where they actually you know took it to some pretty good teams Mm -hmm. like how would you express that message to people you know with the keeping history in mind or Mm -hmm. the context of what was and how bad things were at one point yeah well I was having a conversation with somebody last night from the Bears and you know, we forget there was a period where this this franchise was in a lull for years. So there were no expectations. Oh, it's going to be another bear season, you know. And then Nagy comes in and creates that that playoff mindset. That hasn't gone away. And and so, you know, in terms of going 8-8 eight and eight last year and surviving, I say surviving. We were all in London, right, when we saw what happened and... It just was a downward. I survived in London after, <laughs> I, after I, I dealt with on the plane. You, you literally survived. Yeah, but the ship never died, and the, the 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 focus is still Super Bowl. They still believe they can win a Super. This this group, this coaching staff. Um, I find all the new coaching additions interesting. Juan Castillo and his, you know, prowess in the league with the offensive line. They love, they're, they're very high on Clancy Barone with the running backs. Um, you know, Doug, uh, Dave Ragone promoted to the pass game coordinator. I think that's so interesting. Um, so you guys could chime in on that as better than Well, me. I just think it's interesting that Nagy kind of changed up the structure yeah. by creating a passing game coordinator even like that correct that that to me we're talking about you know the actions matching the words Mm -hmm. like that's to me that was a physical action that took place that tells me that everything that like Nagy said when he talked to the media here in Indianapolis about being willing to adapt the offense like that to me is proof that he's actually looking at himself now in the mirror and wanting to fix that part of it that is I'm like if people could see me right now I'm like (laughs) yes high five fist bump because he took a look at himself how can I be better so he's John D. Filippo's in the mix now who's you know served as offensive coordinator he's been around he's seen a lot of things he's been to a Super Bowl and won one with the Philadelphia Eagles a couple years ago so now you all those aforementioned names are new ideas new circulation and maybe take a little bit of pressure off Nagy so that you have a foundation of like who you can go to to, to enter into the season and really de- de- decide all my friends just walked by from NFL Network sorry <laughs> <laughs> I lost my train of thought <laughs> um, and really decide like how you're what that what that identity is what do you guys think I'm curious to know what you think the identity of this offense will become in now Nagy's third season when even he said yesterday we got to figure out what that identity is I think that that 
it should here's what, I don't know what it will become here's what I think it should become and that is more similar to what the 49ers were doing like I know it's not exactly the same offense but I'm I'm talking more about putting uh, the way the 49ers helped Jimmy Garoppolo who's not Patrick Mahomes but still pretty good by getting a strong running game a better offensive line and just being able to support the quarterback better last year there was too much on Trubisky's plate like they gotta take they gotta take the load and the pressure off of him I think they they can and want to lean on David Montgomery but I, I think it's going to take like whenever I hear the word identity it starts up front it always starts up front with me. Like those are your tone setters. Those are the guys you need to enforce your will. I don't know. I was talking to um, a lead guy uh, yesterday. There are widespread doubts of whether or not the Bears have those guys up front. Like guys who could assert their will and show you this is what we're going to do to you. The 49ers have that. A lot. <laughs> when Nagy like, was talking about telling guys they need to play with a chip on their shoulder, when he made that comment, which I thought was one of his more interesting quotes, I in, I know a lot of people immediately went to, like, Trubisky. I was thinking about the offensive line. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I was thinking about. Yeah. I, you need a little nasty yeah. up there. Like, I've spent some time with Owen Crudes and gotten to know him a little bit. Like, I, that's what I think about is, is having that type of bravado where I'm going to beat you up and move you and my running back is going to run behind you for five to seven yards. Yeah. And and to that point, I when I was at the Super Bowl this year in Miami, I covered the Niners. So that was my assignment. So for eight days, I was on the San Francisco 49ers. And it was such an interesting dynamic because you had this incredible defense. I thought perhaps they were the best defense in football with that front four and the multitude of first rounders up front that just don't get tired, which was kind of like the Eagles a couple of years ago when they won the Super Bowl. Um, but all, all, all they heard about the Kansas City Chiefs all week was how good that defense was. And that Chiefs line took it to heart. Oh, you, you think everybody thinks they're the best defense of football and they're going to crush us because that front seven and then they can cover in the back and they don't have to blitz so much. They, they took offense to it almost. So I agree with you. And so where is your nasty? And sometimes I find with these players, it comes down to what are they willing to go to battle for? You know? So what Nagy's done is he's now said, okay, Juan Castillo, come on in here. And I loved what he said yesterday. We're going to push these guys to the brink. He's going to push these guys yeah. to the brink. So Castillo has that nasty in him. Going to push these guys to the brink in practice this year. He's still going to be a good guy, good, you know, be on their side and coach him up. But so I'll be interested to see how that dynamic works, but making sure players are in their right spots. So what happens with James Daniels and Cody Whitehair? Is Cody going to stay in the middle of that line? You know, th- these are all discussions that yeah. are for them to have. But I agree with you, though, um, as far as David Montgomery, they want I know they want him to have a bigger workload. They believe he can. And but I still will be interested to see if they add some sort of a fullback or power back. I know they like Ryan Nall, but, you know, 
Ryan Pace says that a lot in the offseason. <laughs> yeah. He like throws Ryan Null out there. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Like That's a, why like, I say that. Like a random carry. <laughs> like, but he's still on the team. Yeah. Um, well, part of the reason why we wanted to chat with you here, too, is it doesn't have to all be about football. So I'm curious because you started doing some college basketball games here recently. I like how we get to this part of the year. <laughs> you just had the Super Bowl. There was like maybe three weeks before we came here to Indy, but we're all still working. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you've been doing some basketball games. It's so weird to like, you know, I played at Oklahoma a long time ago and spent the first part of my You're career. You're a Hall of Famer there, aren't you? Are your I don't know about retired? Hall of Famer, but... There's a jersey retirement. There may there be a jersey somewhere <laughs> in the locker room closet or something. Um, but it's been fun s- switching gears. I mean, going back to... I, I started my career in TV talking about hoops, and it's natural to me. I've fallen in love with the NFL, so it's it's interesting to go back and forth with the verbiage but I I did a game last week you guys at some point after the Super Bowl and uh, I made some comment about one of the bigs in women's college basketball and I said well yeah she could just get the football and I caught myself during the broadcast (laughs) (laughs) so I had to switch my mind back to back to who reset it yeah reset it a bit but you still play a little bit no 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 no. that's why you would win Adam look look at that big (laughs) smile on his face yeah (laughs) yeah um what's you brought up the Super Bowl what's your favorite event to cover like like this one I, I have always enjoyed the combine it's it's a lot of socializing more than actual like you know hardcore writing I guess but like just in terms of coverage and now you're doing basketball again like what's, what's your favorite one every Sunday I love football Sunday I cannot wait every week for Sunday I just it's a great question the Super Bowl is grandiose and it's intense I mean I worked eight days straight this past Super Bowl 12 hour days uh, non-stop um, the combine's great because people are laid back you know I mean you got coaches out at whatever time <laughs> the wee hours of the night catching up with their old friends and welcoming you into their conversations and it's just so chill but I love football Sunday every single week through 17 weeks of a regular season going through the storylines understanding how teams have to like really set the edge every week and reestablish reset button (laughs) you know and I love being on the field and I love feeling the energy no matter where I am but when I talk to students and they they ask about like how do you lose your fandom and you know it it happens and all that but like I always tell them the the fan returns in me for that that minute at like 11.59 and they're all getting ready for kickoff and you're sitting there like, oh, this is a pretty damn cool job. Yeah. I'm about to work, but okay, let's. this is this is awesome. It, I couldn't agree more. And then the anthem and it's like, let's go. And all the talking that we do and writing that we do through the week, you can just put it in the shelf, right? Because it's done. Yeah. And, and, and the stats don't lie and the results don't lie and... Um, the the teams that we thought were going to be great could could have a down year, and the teams that we had no idea. I mean, you, you take a San Francisco team that was what? I don't, I don't know. I don't want to get the number wrong. Before and twelve or no? Three and thirteen. Three, three and thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. Three and thirteen. Yeah. Uh, a season ago, and now this past season, they go to the Super Bowl. So it's like being on that ride with the Bears when they went twelve and four. 
unbelievable. Like it's just, and it's intoxicating almost. Yeah. Um, it's it's really a blessing to to do what we do. It's fun. So I guess, if that answers the question, I guess. <laughs> how uh, how far in advance do you get like your assignments and know which mm-hmm. games you're going to? Monday afternoon, I get a phone call or a text. You're so every week it's like kind of unpredictable. Yep, and yeah. for, it is. And really, for the first four weeks, though, I'll I'll kind of have an idea. Like last year through week five, when the Bears were in London, I kind of had a pretty good blueprint. But once this thing matriculates and now we're on the path to who's good and who's not yeah. I will sort of start following you know the, the Packers started winning and win, and then I was on the Packers beat quite a bit so it just depends but Mondays is really when I get the call so thank you Stacy. thank you this was awesome you ready for your ride home? <laughs> yeah, Good you luck. know, I uh, I always love coming on with you guys. The thing I want people to know about you two is you do it with integrity. And you're good, good people. And so, like you're the the yeah, respect level yes, that you guys you. have is just tremendous. So, like, if if I've been if I've been out for two weeks and I need to go on Twitter and get something caught up in, I, I'm jumping on y'all's Twitter accounts. And I think people really need to know that because you guys grind like <laughs> the, the media base is so important and you guys grind your tails off so thank you for having me on you're being too nice she's being way too kind way too kind especially (laughs) about you this is where you're supposed to say you know this is where you're supposed to go you know your your spiel about her her twitter handle and say your thank yous and everything yeah oh no (laughs) (laughs) i i i'll just say that i think she could still beat me in basketball we do need to revisit a media you know meeting maybe get some of the coaches involved in it um i can't really i'll break something if i try to play so i'll just <laughs> i'll just walk the ball up and i'll we distribute used to have some games in bourbon a yeah. yeah but now we don't have bourbon a anymore yeah maybe just a fun old game of horse or something yeah but we'll make it happen stacy thanks so much thank you you're the best i know our listeners love hearing from you too so thanks cool. so much awesome there she is stacy dales love talking to her true pro she was actually in a hurry to get back to chicago is the snowstorm the snowstorm came through here it wasn't too bad not here but i think it was chicago but still come on we've dealt with like hey i'm glad i missed it two feet of snow in some winters in one day two feet of snow in some winters in one day yeah 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 did it make sense yeah i had to process that for a second though (laughs) Uh, that's the combine talking right yeah, there. That's one of the buzzwords of the week. Processing. 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 <laughs> uh, any takeaways from our conversation with Stacey? No, I, you know, I, it's good to get a national perspective. I like how her. she has the per- she's around other buildings. Yes. And we're not yes. really. It's, you know, she's around a lot of buildings in the Bears' own division. Yeah. Spent a lot of time in Green she Bay. She spends a lot of time in Green Bay. She covered them extensively at the Combine as well. So it's always good to hear that. I think we become a bit insulated in Chicago, and Stacy comes. She she visits, and then she leaves again. She comes. She's part of our Chicago contingent, I believe. But, again, the, the information and the insight and the perspective she could provide by visiting all these other teams is always immensely beneficial for us. So it was good talking to her. I... Uh Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, we pulled some other things together here in Indy that you'll hear over the next couple of weeks as well on the podcast. So a uh, little tease for you there. Took advantage of our time down here. But, hey, you guys have another week or day. Not another week. No. I wouldn't keep you down here for another week. You have another day. I'm heading home today. Safe travels, I'm my ready friend. To, I'm ready to get some sleep. 
I see his Diet Mountain fell Dew. Haven't fell asleep. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Diet Mountain Dew. I don't think I've ever had Mountain Dew, but like if there was ever time to start being a Mountain Dew drinker for a day. Yeah, I had that problem. Yes, I'm, I'm. I don't. Just start drinking coffee like an adult, Kevin. Nah. Yeah, but every once in a while you need an Who's actual time? you need an actual energy drink. And usually you are I, a Red Bull guy. Yeah, but I don't drink a lot of it. But yeah. I will if I. You've been walking around this county yesterday. I was with you. I need a Red Bull. Where can I get a Red Bull? Right, but okay. So I was going to say I couldn't find one. And like at the uh, little snack area at the hotel I'm at, they only had Rockstar. Yeah. Which I'd never had in my Did life. Did you have one? So I had one of those giant like yeah crazy energy drinks. It worked. I mean, no wonder you wanted to I was keep with, staying out. I was with you guys last night. It worked. Yeah, yeah, we were out late. It worked. I told Johnsy, I said, I'm going to be in my, I'm going to be in bed by 11. You were not. I was not. Yeah. Well, I'm for our bosses listening. But, you know, we were out working. I was going to say, that's what, that's what the things about the combine is, the, you know, the best things you hear usually come after midnight. That's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, uh, you know I, there, there's another saying that no good things ever happen after midnight. Right. That, that's what I was thinking. So about, how I you met know. your mother line. Yeah, yes, yes. episode. Nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Yes, yeah, that's it. Yep. But in 2 a.m. is a stretch. I would say midnight. And the NFL. We're getting, we're getting old. Yeah. The truth comes out after midnight. Yep. I think that's a, a good takeaway from Indianapolis. All right, guys. Any final thoughts? No. Let's oh, see what the Bears do. Opening day is coming up in a month. Less than a wait. Yeah. I, I had somebody comment. Some Bears fans so upset with the Bears that their comment was that they're turning. They're not going to read anything about the Bears until like August twenty eighth. <laughs> they're just and they're getting ready for baseball season. It's fair. We I, heard that from a listener. He's like, I had to stop listening to you guys in October. It's nothing against you guys. I just could, I had to block the team out. Now I'm back for the off season. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're going to sign some quarterback he doesn't like, and he's gone again. Yeah, probably. See you on October probably. 28th. <laughs> All right, we should get out of here, guys. Uh, this was fun. Love this setup at Radio Row. This is great. Hogan Thanks, John. Kevin Fishbane here. Our guy Kent on scene doing all the work. Busy week for everybody down here in Indianapolis. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S, the Fishman at K Fishbane. A lot of good coverage, a lot of good stuff to read on The Athletic this week. So uh, make sure as you're in this app looking at it right now, listening to us, there's plenty of good content, not only from you guys with the Chicago, but The Athletic has everybody here. Yes. So you want good NFL NFL, uh, content, you can get it, and all the podcasts too. Yeah. We're not the only ones recording from this spot on Radio Row. So a lot of good stuff across the league you can get on The Athletic. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back next week from Chicago. Maybe we'll get some movement here. It just feels like everything's so static. Let's get this thing going. Yes. They're talking yes. about moving back the new league year because of the CBA vote? Oh, come on. No. Come on. Let's move it up. Yeah. Yes. yes it already yes. feels so late. Five-day negotiating window. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get you through there. Uh, all right, guys. It's been fun, and we'll talk to everybody next week. See ya.